0: Tom Kissingberry here. Nah, I'm just kidding. We don't have Tom Kissingberry money. It's just me, Peter Howard, and Jake Anderson meeting at the Dynasty Crossroads once a week for 30 minutes to talk about one player at a time. We look at the film with Jake, we talk about the analytics with me, and we try to come to a consensus. We do have a
1: pretty cool theme song, though.
2: Peter crunches numbers and Jake just grabs that tape. You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off season.
1: Welcome to the latest edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler. With me as always, Matt Price. And Matt, we get Ryan McDowell back to talk about the quarterbacks. We missed him last week when we spoke about those running backs.
0: Yeah, I don't have to do an impression this week, so uh, he, he,
2: he, he'll, he'll... Yeah, I don't think Matt missed me.
1: <laughs> it didn't seem that way, Ryan, and welcome back to nah. the show. I'm, I'm certainly happy nah. to see you, for sure. Uh, how do you feel about Matt's um, impression that you heard last week?
2: Well, he's he's barely hanging on to his job, but it's okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, McDowell has a little more power than he did back when we uh, started podcasting together, Matt. It's true. So he's a, I don't he's
0: know, an those, actual boss jabs.
2: Now. He was always yeah, he was always right. a boss
0: but now he's the boss. <laughs>
1: he's the boss. For oh sure. yeah.
2: Ne- this is a different tune this week, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: when you're when you're not around, he sounds a lot different, doesn't he? Uh, yeah. Like I said, we talked about running backs last week. Did our draft prospect primer on the position. The week before, we did the wide receiver class. We fit a lot of players in, guys. This week, we're jumping to the quarterbacks. Let's talk about these signal callers, these passers that are entering the NFL. A whole bunch of them are going to go in the first round, probably the first ten picks of the NFL draft superflex owners, superflex managers like the three of us are all very interested in these five names and and maybe even dipping a little bit farther down the draft board into that second third and and maybe even beyond that rounds of uh, the NFL draft and, and these guys that we can sneak into the late latter parts of our rookie draft so let's jump into this right away. Uh, we're going to talk about this 2021 rookie class. Once again, just a open discussion on all these prospects. Before we do that, though... Ryan, I'd love to know your general thoughts on this class as a whole because you study ADP regularly. You're watching where, uh, where all these rookie classes, how they shake out. And in the past, we have that, that number one prospect, maybe a couple prospects in a class that dominate super flex drafts and may even uh, sneak into the first round of one quarterback drafts. This year, we're talking about a lot of prospects that could go in those top 10 picks, as I said before, and we... You know, it, it may be a little bit of a different animal this year when it comes to our rookie drafts. When
2: when all these names are going to come
1: off our draft board.
2: Yeah, you mentioned it earlier, but if you're in a super flex league, this is this is an exciting time of year. It always is, but especially this year with these these five quarterback prospects. Um, I mean, you have to be excited about about the class, and it, it's so difficult to get that young starting quarterback in a super flex league. So to You know, to have the chance to do that, maybe even with a mid, maybe even with a late first round uh, pick to grab one of these guys um, is going to be a big opportunity to really impact some dynasty teams. And I think what we saw last year with the running back position, uh, just just with the volume of runners impacting the overall position uh, across fantasy leagues, across dynasty leagues, I think this quarterback class could be that um, for, for that quarterback position.
1: Yeah. And there, there's so much to talk about with these guys, Matt, your, your thoughts on these, on this class as a whole. And specifically those top five names, it's an exciting time as Ryan said, to be a super flex manager and have an opportunity to add to that depth chart at a position that means so much in those leagues.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll get into it uh, more specifically, but we think we have three like extremely good prospects. This is just my opinion, of course. One with a ton of upside, but uh, you know I think the floor is pretty low as well. And then we have one just kind of a I don't know if we're going to call him a generic pocket passer, but when we get to Mac Jones, we'll talk about how he you know he's very accurate. Uh, I don't know if he offers necessarily as much upside as some of the other guys in this class, but, you know, he could settle into a nice starter role at some point. So we have five really solid ones, and then a few after that that are intriguing probably as backups, but may get a shot as a starter at some point.
1: So before we specifically start talking of each of these prospects, Matt, we should talk a little bit about what we look for when we're scouting these guys. We did that at the running back position and then uh, the week before at the wide receiver position, and I think it gives listeners – the chance to to understand what we look for. Uh, Matt, I know you like to scout players coming in. I certainly do have been for five, six, seven, eight, maybe 10 years and have gotten a little better every single year. It feels like the quarterback position to me though has been the one position that that I, I swing and miss at maybe more than the others. It feels like you should be able to turn on tape of a player, especially at this position. And if you watch a lot of football, you should be able to tell what you like and don't like about a guy. Uh, personally, the things I look for, I like to like to see those anticipatory throws show good anticipation and, and lead a guy open uh, whether against zone finding that hole in the zone and throwing it to him in front of the defense filling that zone also in man coverage throwing away from the defense and throwing that receiver open open uh, making multiple reads is important does he avoid pressure and can he continue to look downfield when he has pressure in his face and then that quick release and quick decision-making, those are the things that matter a lot to me. Maybe the athletic profiles and things like that I haven't like tapped into quite a, quite enough. The Jalen Hurts was a big swing and miss last year. I thought he was overdrafted and wasn't investing in him in Superflex leagues. So I tried to adjust for that a little bit and not not take that athleticism, hold that athleticism against some of these guys what are your thoughts on the position and what do you look for when scouting these quarterbacks?
0: It's it's just a really difficult position and everybody swings and misses, Dan. I don't think we're, you know, sure. uh, uh, we're, we're, in, we're in good company in that. Even the best of the best miss on these guys. And, and, and just for me personally, I don't have any, like, Uh, you know professional experience scouting quarterback I'd say it's my weakest one so take everything with a grain of salt I did go through the scouting academy with Dan Hatman for running backs and wide receivers so I feel much more comfortable with those ones Um, but for quarterbacks for me accuracy is the most important part of it I want to see you know at least a season or two over 65 percent completion percentage and like all these guys that we're going to talk about at the top hit that Uh, you'd like to see rushing ability in today's fantasy game You, you need that rushing ability to kind of have a difference maker at the quarterback position especially in one quarterback Back leagues, uh, and then in terms of like what you see on the field specifically, you know, I, I do like to see them be able to go through their progressions, especially things like, you know, if if their first read is is is, is going to be throwing into coverage, but the second or third read is going to be taking what the defense gives you. You know, there are certainly opportunities and in specific instances where you should be challenging the defense, but if you have a guy wide open versus a guy that's you know locked down in coverage, you know, it's nice to see them take that uh, that more that safer throw, right? And then you know, like, what I call is is calculated downfield aggression so I want to see them you know challenge defenses deep but do it in a way way that's not necessarily going to result in a turnover don't throw into double triple coverage if you have a guy open in the shorter intermediate areas of the field Um, so just some of those things I guess a lot of those second third things kind of come back to the accuracy part of the equation so that kind of bakes in a lot of it for me
1: yeah, and so many college uh, prospects come out with with the uh, and they haven't honed that accuracy just yet, especially downfield accuracy. This class might not necessarily be that way though. Ryan, is, if there's something that you try to pinpoint when it comes to watching these guys, whether it be analytical or something that you see on film, what is it with the quarterback position?
2: Yeah, you you kind of said you tend to maybe shy away or. or... Not not give as much uh, credence tw- towards that athleticism. I-, I think I'm kind of the opposite of that. Although I I also missed on on Jalen Hurts last year. But uh, I, yeah, I, I do kind of find myself chasing that that athletic profile, and especially when it comes to quarterbacks who can uh, offer something on the ground and, and so many uh, of these rookies this year do that. so that that's just another thing that makes it an exciting class but um, I've told you guys on here before plenty of times. I, I don't pretend to be a scout. Uh, Matt I actually didn't know you did the, the Dan Hatman thing that's that's very uh, that's very yeah, cool. cool. I've not done anything like that but um, I, I did uh, I did throw some questions out on Twitter a couple weeks ago really asking if there was one number, if there was one stat, if there was one metric you could use to analyze these players, and I broke it down for each position, what would it be? And there were a couple consistent things with the quarterback position. One was uh, completion percentage, specifically adjusted completion percentage. So that's something I've, I've been looking at closely with these players. And the other thing, which sounds really obvious, is draft capital. I looked back at the past five years, of uh, the top 12 quarterbacks from each season. If you go all the way back to 2016, uh, five of the top 12 quarterbacks were first rounders. Um, not not necessarily all that impressive. That number's grown every year since uh, the past two years. Nine of the top 12 fantasy quarterbacks have been former first round draft picks. So uh, it, it's not quite as simple as saying chase draft capital, but it's it's close to that. Of course this year we know we're going to have at least five players that are first rounders so differentiating between those guys will be the challenge.
1: Yeah, big challenge for sure. And when I when I spoke of that athleticism maybe being uh something that I overvalued or or undervalued now I think it, I got sucked in years back by the athletic quarterback and the Marcus Mariotas of the world, and you know, falling in love with those prospects and thinking that 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 floor that that running uh, provides make them can't miss. Maybe because I missed on those guys, then I, I started uh, thinking too much about that and and thought I overvalued it at one point, so now undervaluing it. Uh, is another thing. A bunch of these guys are athletic, even though they're, they profile well as pocket passers as well and, and read defense as well. And let's get into these guys because it is, as we've said so many times already, an exciting class there's no matter what you like in a quarterback you can find your flavor find your guy uh at the top of the draft and we might as well start at the 101 in Superflex drafts and in the nfl draft for sure that's trevor lawrence clemson quarterback um just you know the exciting uh worthy of the one one type pick that, that people have been salivating over for so many years. Ryan, you play in Devi Leagues. I know, Matt, you do too as well. I do. And Lawrence, when he came into college football, was a top recruit, top player that we were all chasing. Ideal size, pocket passer with so much rushing upside. Uh, has that Aaron Rodgers feel outside the pocket to push the ball down the field. Keeps his eyes up even when he's moving inside and outside the pocket. Throws a great deep out route, so has the powerful arm and and drives through the ball like you like to see out of these top-end quarterbacks. Um, Changes plays at the line of scrimmage, makes multiple reads, does really everything right has all the experience that we like matt these guys that that play three plus years at a big college program uh and and dominate at that level they're they're supposed to translate instantly to the nfl he appears to be an all pro type player a player that can carry a dynasty team certainly worthy of that 101 pick in those super flex drafts uh trevor lawrence is is if there is a can't miss prospect at the quarterback position. It feels like it's him.
0: Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's not, we don't probably don't even need to spend a whole lot of time on him. He's just, he's a, he's a great prospect. There's no real downside to his game. Uh, All of the things that you mentioned, uh, uh, you know, timing, anticipation, throws—he's absolutely just deadly as a pocket passer. When he has time in the pocket, he'll just pick apart the defense. Um, uh, I, I really don't have anything, anything to nitpick with him. Uh, one thing that I thought was interesting—you know, we're in April and we're no like we're getting kind of bored with prospects when we really start to nitpick. You start seeing people say things like, like questioning his competitiveness. So you see that video of him coming out playing basketball. Like, no, he's he's plenty competitive. You know, I just think he's. If you compare like, his lofty expectations and where he is as a prospect in terms of how people think about it and how he projects himself, you, know, you do see some, some humbleness there, some humility, and that's something you really like to see in these, these top prospects because it, it, it shows that you know, while they are as good as, as we could possibly hope they can be, they're still open to learning more, and they're not going to be that kind of know-it-all that's going to come in and, and think they know everything about the NFL game when they do. So in addition to everything you see on the field, he has those off-the-field uh, intangible kind of things too that you like to see.
1: Ryan, you as I said earlier, you watch all that ADP. You, you're part of the ADP process, and you, you look at every draft closely. There aren't going to be a lot of super flex drafts where he's not the 101 this season. People are going to be building their dynasty rosters around Trevor Lawrence for good reason.
2: Yeah, for sure. I, I think when you have that slam dunk 101 uh, like Trevor Lawrence is, you, you start to try to go big picture. I, I remember doing the same thing with – with Saquon Barkley, we knew he was going to be the 101 in those rookie drafts. So instead of trying to compare him maybe to other players in the class or where he might fall, really looking at the overall ranks, I think is probably, probably gives us more information. So comparing Lawrence, you know, where Lawrence is going in Dynasty startup drafts, I think is more interesting. He He's already certainly locked in as a as a top 10 quarterback. He's our QB 9 in our April data. Uh, a qu- that's one quarterback uh, startup drafts in superflex startup drafts. He's quarterback seven, uh, which is exactly where I would have him if I were were ranking him today with those veterans. Um, and then in, I think the other interesting component we saw this last year with Joe Burrow is where does he go in one quarterback uh, rookie drafts? And I think he's a first rounder. We saw Joe Burrow sneak in with a a late first round ADP a year ago um, in in what could probably be called a a deeper overall class. And I I think Lawrence is certainly worthy of a, a late first-round pick in, even in one-quarterback leagues.
1: That's an interesting conversation to have, Ryan, because we've talked about the running backs and the receivers, and, and I think I can speak for all of us. There are a lot of guys to be excited about in this class, haven't even gotten to Kyle Pitts, who who should be a number one pick in, in rookie drafts as well, come, come off those first 12 picks, a first-rounder for sure. Matt, I definitely want to get your opinion on this. Ryan said you think that he thinks Lawrence is, that first round guy, a guy that can fall in those first 12 picks in the, in your, uh, single quarterback rookie draft. Where do you have him? I have him just outside at 13, but I certainly think that I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be angry with anybody for saying he's among the top 12 or even taking him in the top 10. Yeah.
0: I think he's a, I think he is a top 10. I think there's eight to nine really solid prospects, you know, ahead of him. I I mean, if you really wanted to get into the weeds, like I think there's two prospects in in Pitts and chase that are the ones that we have that we don't have really any, really any questions about too many questions about. And then, you know, I think we have that guy at quarterback with, with field, excuse me, with Lawrence. Um, So uh, depending on where you have them with those guys, I think I think nine to nine or ten is totally reasonable. And if you get them at one twelve, I think that's it. like if you're a can. Let's say you're a, uh, somebody who won the won the championship last year. You're rolling with you know a bunch of old quarterbacks like I am. You know, Fitzpatrick, a Cam, and all these guys kind of playing committee. Like at the end of the first round, like why not take a shot on your quarterback for you know we say for the next decade. Obviously, that's a little bit overstated the way we trade in dynasty leagues and things like that. But that's the kind of prospect you're getting here, and, and there's no reason not to do that. Uh, that late in the draft, it's a luxury pick for a, for a championship contender team. So there's there's really no no reason not to.
2: Well, there there've been so many comparisons and and so much hype with Lawrence going back basically his entire college career. And and if you're if you're really into Devi or recruiting or something like that, of course you know him even further beyond that. I think we're going to see Lawrence in in some leagues, and probably not probably not the leagues we play in, but he's going to be a top, a top two or three pick in one quarterback leagues because of what you just said, Matt, people are looking at him as I'm going to lock him in. He's, he's going to carry me for the next decade. I won't have to worry about the position. And I mean, I think that's personally a little flawed, but I get the, I get the idea, you know, I get the, the thinking behind it at least.
1: Yeah, definitely in those local leagues, you will see that, and you. it wouldn't even be shocking to hear about go, him going first overall because he's that big a prospect and has been known for that long. The last one, and everybody likes to compare Lawrence to, to Andrew Luck. Back when Luck was a rookie, he went number one overall in single quarterback leagues in some places, and, and some shook their head and some said, hey, look at the career he had and how dominant he was for, for fantasy football. That could be the, the path for Trevor Lawrence. As well, so his his ADP right now is at ten in those rookie drafts, nine point four. Uh, so ten overall, he's he's going to be a first rounder. Certainly going to be uh, the next quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So he's going to do a lot for for their offense, and and hopefully the the skill players that are there support him so he can get off to a really good start in his career. We should move on to the next guy on the list because coming off the board at fourteen. Uh, according to our rookie ADP, is Justin Fields. Man, you know there's 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 so much, Matt. You mentioned it going around right now. You, you get the negative publicity, and when you think of Fields. He is the poster boy for it this year. It seems like every week there's somebody on Twitter or somebody uh, on ESPN, somewhere on social media, just bashing fields in his game or, or his competitiveness or, or if he has the the ability to carry an offense and all these things... And I just continue to go back to watching him play in those in those playoff games at the end of 2020, and seeing that competitiveness. The he's he's so driven. He's playing through those injuries and through that team on his back, and looks so good doing it. His ball placement is good when he throws from a clean pocket. When he has people around his legs, uh, when he gets defenders in his face, he can get a little bit erratic. But that's normal from a from a. Uh, youthful quarterback from a guy coming into the NFL. Um, He's pretty poised under pressure, although he does tend to flutter some passes with guys in his face. He's got that strong arm, uh, makes plays down the field when he's outside the pocket, known as a th- athletic guy, but really is better when he's looking down the field when he breaks containment and when he gets on the outside. He will pick up a first down with his legs on third down when you need him, which is awesome. And that certainly will help in the fantasy game. Um, needs to work on his sliding game though a little bit. Um, If there were some negatives, Matt, for him, I think he moves into pressure a little bit inside the pocket, takes too many sacks because of it. That is going to irk some NFL coaches and potentially cause problems with either fumbling or, or lost possessions, which, which, uh, which is certainly a negative in the NFL game, um, has the long release, the balls in his hand for a long time. That may show where he's going with the football a little bit more, not drastically, not the worst you've ever seen, but it's something that you do notice when you watch him make those throws down the field in particular, um, and then he's, if there's anything else, it's probably that he stays on that primary receiver a little bit too long at times. A lot of times in that Ohio State offense, which is very quarterback friendly, there are those drag mesh route concepts and, and the ball is supposed to go to this specific uh, receiver on the drag. And if, if the d- defense is playing for that, they can take that away and he, and he just sticks with it a little bit too long before moving down the field and looking for that alternate Alternate receiver, that secondary read. Uh, Matt, when you watch Fields, what what really jumps off to you, other than other than those things?
0: Yeah, uh, mentioned completion percentage being very important before. He has uh, he, he over sixty seven percent passing in all of his se- all of his seasons combined. Uh, sixty six touchdowns, nine interceptions, uh, sixty eight point four percent in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty combined but carries for eight hundred sixty seven yards, fifteen touchdowns. Uh, I found another stat that he has the highest depth of target and the highest depth of completion in a in his vertical offense there at Ohio State. They really like to push the ball downfield. And one one another stat that I found very interesting. I think I heard this on. Sharp football. Thirty-five percent of his yards, thirty-five uh, percent of his complete- completion yards came after the catch, after the receiver caught the ball, which was one of the lowest rates in all of college football. So in the NFL, where we have all these playmakers, you know, especially ends up going to a Kyle Shanahan system, he's going to have a lot more of that uh, in the NFL. So did a lot more there. Uh, as a rusher, he ran a four-four-four-four-four forty. Uh, only r- uh, RG three and Michael Vick ran it faster. Uh, Lamar Jackson didn't run an official 40 so you can say maybe he was faster than him so he's he's got all of that um you mentioned in, inconsistent in terms of going to impressions. yeah I mean you see that sometimes and uh but you can you can you can see also on film that he is doing that so uh yeah so let's look at a play here we you mentioned the Clemson game I have a couple that I wanted to show this one uh shows kind of his advanced passing a little bit so Um, This particular play is the touchdown, the post uh, to Chris Olave. From the first part of the play here, you see him. He takes the snap, and he's looking off to his right. But there are there's two high safeties up here. Uh, but he's coming, he's, he's looking all the whole way, and those safeties, they come off the ball and then immediately comes back and throws that post uh, to Olave right down the center. I mean, that's a 60 yard touchdown throw. So I think he does show some of those advanced techniques uh, of looking off receivers like that uh, and, 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 and kind of manipulating the defense just with his eyes and, and his body language, right? Um, one question one, I mean, he has questionable throws too. he's going to try to throw a touchdown here into a lot of coverage meanwhile he has a um Kind of a wide open receiver, I think. He's throwing to the corner here, and there's already two defenders there. Two of them are looking at his man. I think that's Olave again, and then you have another corner down or another defensive back down here, kind of watching the ball, right? And into that coverage, and that's an easy pickoff for that guy. Not only is it short, but it's into coverage. This is a third down play, uh, and and Ruckert's a few yards short of the line of scrimmage, so maybe that's why. And they're already up big at this point. But you can see if he takes the Ruckert option there, that's easy first down. It could be a, it could be a touchdown. Uh, depending on what he does with that defender, but instead he elects to go over the corner. So you do see some inconsistencies. I think this is one of the ones you were talking about, Dan, where he's going to lock onto his primary read a little bit when there's maybe a better play uh, that he could make. But, you know... I th- he's got i think all all young quarterbacks are going to do this right he wants to make the big play they're already up big why not try to tackle on some extra on top of that so a little bit of inconsistency but obviously athletic is all hell and he, he can throw a sixty yard pass on the on, in a bucket downfield to uh, a receiver after looking off the other defenders to create that to help help the receiver create that separation so uh I mean, I don't know. We're nitpicking, right? He's, in a, he's a fantastic prof, uh, prospect, both through the air and on the ground. So uh, he's, he's, he's the 102 in most leagues. I, I, I think he's in the same tier for me with uh, a guy we're going to talk about in a little bit, but there's no argument with him at 102 in a super flex.
1: Ryan, what are your thoughts? And and Matt displayed some of that, uh, some of the strengths and weaknesses of Fields, and and you know really what so many of us have been looking at for so long now. When it comes to Fields and his upside in these super flex leagues, even in the single quarterback leagues, how do you feel about him being a guy that we can depend on down the road, being being our top option at the position?
2: I think it comes down to what you already mentioned, Dan, you know, sometimes it's as simple as, as just watching the games and, and seeing these guys perform. Um, the, the slow processor label has been thrown around a lot with fields. Uh, I remember the same thing was said about Lamar Jackson. Um, and you know, that, that hasn't really bothered him. If, if he's a slow processor, it's, it's been just fine so far, especially when it comes to, to fantasy production. So, um, I, I guess one thing that I'm, I'm kind of happy about, honestly, is that uh, looking back at all of our rookie data, looking at our uh, startup mock draft data, our ADP uh, fields has remained the quarterback two in this class, uh, despite all of this, uh, this junk, honestly, I, I think that's what it is. I, I don't know if we're overanalyzing or, or if there's, uh, you know, something deeper going on, but fields to me is, I, I mentioned this on Twitter. I think he's he's closer to Trevor Lawrence than he is to Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, whoever else you want to put uh, next in line. So he's, he's easily the quarterback two and the 1.02 uh, in, in these super flex leagues. And again, looking big picture, he's basically already being valued as a, a fringe QB1 in startup drafts as well. He's been the quarterback 12, quarterback 13, somewhere in that range in our ADP, even going back to February. We talked about the pedigree of Trevor Lawrence and how when he came into
1: big-time college football, he was already being seen as the next big thing the next quarterback that was gonna uh take over the the nfl draft and be a sure 101 well when we were talking about him back then it was like yeah but there's this fields kid too he's pretty darn good and if there's somebody that's gonna give him a run for his money for that that uh king status in this class it's probably him you're right he stuck as close as he could throughout this process and there are there are a lot of people still that say they like you he's way closer to number one than he is to number three personally i have another uh quarterback at number two but uh we'll get to him here in just a minute and they are real close to me i think i really think there are three really 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 good quarterbacks in this class let's talk about that number three guy according to april adp ryan that's zach wilson out of byu kind of a I don't know what you'd call him, like a late bloomer, I guess. He he really came on in 2020, came out of nowhere for a lot of people. I remember the first time I watched him play was late in BYU's 2020 season, and they were talking about him as a draft prospect, even maybe even a potential first-round pick, and I thought, yeah, he's showing some of that stuff. Right now at number 20 overall in our rookie ADP, so looking like that second-round option, the third guy off the board in most of these drafts, Ryan, he has a quick release, uh, especially on slants and tunnel screens. He gets the ball out of his hands really, really quick. Uh, Powerful zip on throws down the field. He likes to hit his tight ends and slot receivers on those seam routes at BYU. And you can see the power behind the ball. Stands in the pocket well. Delivers it on time. Um, A downfield playmaker like Fields outside the pocket. Uh, is looking to push the ball down the field, especially when he breaks that containment, protects the football, but knows when to give those one- on one chances down the field. You see him throw those 50 50 balls, has a couple of those receivers that can win those at BYU and gave him those opportunities. He reads, reads defensive reads defense as well, uh, Good timing on his throws. Um, he does take some risks. you know, he he throws the ball into coverage from time to time, um, and especially when the rush is in his face. But really, overall, he's athletic and and he has such a big, big arm that he's he's exciting to watch. And and he's one of those guys that's maybe a high risk, uh, low floor kind of player. He 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 misses high in the middle of the field and he misses low on the outside, which is not a good thing Mm. to do for sure. Reminds me so much. Ryan of Jay Cutler. He is Jay Cutler to oh. me, which you can take that as a, as a good or a bad. Uh, a lot of people will probably say, ouch, that's that's a bad thing. But there were things about Cutler's game that everybody loved. He has those types of things. Hopefully he doesn't doesn't take those uh, those risky throws to to the level that Cutler did because that kind of ruined him, especially in Chicago. What are your thoughts on Zach Wilson, who right now is the number three quarterback according to our ADP, Number two quarterback in most mock drafts, most people have him going to the Jets at number two. Where do you have him?
2: He's a little further down. He he's uh, he's probably quarterback four for me at this point. Me too. Um, and yeah, this class is so interesting. We've got the five prospects that are that are going to be first rounders, but three of those players are, are basically one year starters in college. Or, or one year, uh, one year of big production, I should say. And and in the case of Mac Jones, who we'll talk about soon, we understand why. Obviously, he was um, he he was playing behind uh, Tua. In Trey Lance's case, we understand why he opted out this past season. Uh, but with Zach Wilson, the the production that we saw this year is just so so vastly different from his previous two seasons. And I know there there was an injury. Um, in his uh, his sophomore season. But just just looking at some of these numbers, even just the, the counting stats, right? The touchdowns, 32 touchdowns this year, 11 the previous year, 12 the year before that uh, yards per attempt, which is uh, that's that's another one of those numbers that showed up that uh, fantasy players are really looking at closely when it comes to these quarterbacks. 11 yards per attempt. Uh, this past season, which ranks in the 97th percentile, obviously that's a big and impressive number. Uh, but 7.4 the year before 8.6 as a freshman, and then his PFF grade, uh, which I think is, uh, you know, PFF gets knocked sometimes, but I, th- I think they, they bring a lot to the table and give us some important information. 95.4 this past season, 76.2, 80.5 the previous two. So, um, uh, you know, I don't know if we want to call him a one-year wonder, but uh, I, I honestly kind of feel better about the players like Mac Jones and and Trey Lance, who we really only saw one year from them, but that one year was elite and impressive. So that's, I don't know. There's just some concern for me. Uh, you mentioned the Jay Cutler comp, uh, Dan. I've also seen multiple people make a Johnny Manziel comp, and that doesn't make me feel too good either.
1: Oh, boy. Okay, we're really on a roll here, Matt. Maybe you can get us back on track with with Zach Wilson because if he's Cutler and Manziel, we're, uh, we're in trouble for sure, and maybe the Jets would be as well if that, in fact, is what happens at number two on the board. You mentioned that you have him at number four, so push down a little bit farther than maybe some others in the Dynasty community. What worries you about Wilson, and, and then what are the, the strengths of his that, that – maybe you see as as something that could give him that high ceiling.
0: Yeah, I didn't necessarily see – I mean, I could see Cutler now that you mentioned it, but, like, maybe a more athletic Cutler – um, he's just yeah. he's got that degaff in him right he's just gonna he's just gonna throw it he's he's so confident in his abilities that he's gonna throw it in I, you see him throw it into triple coverage sometimes while there's wide open receivers um, you see him throw it back like kind of do this little jump and throw the ball back across his body that I think is yeah. just not going to work in the NFL like those those windows are going to be so much tighter in the NFL so those things really concern me um, I did uh, oh, uh, want to oh I did want to mention though also in this outlier Caesar in 2020 2020 excuse me, 2020, 73.5% accuracy, a completion percentage. We did have two other seasons. Like uh, I think Ryan mentioned 60%, 62% in the, in the other two seasons, but that big outlier 10% jump um, uh, in this most recent season. So I'm going to highlight this play here against Houston. Um, this one is, is actually a play that works out, but, and so maybe I'm nitpicking so this is against Houston and this is going to be a flea flicker kind of play um, that's going to create uh, a, what, what looks like some separation on the outside for uh, a player coming out of the backfield. It's going to be a flea flicker play. Wilson's going to take the snap. So he's got, he's clearly locked on the outside. On the outside. He throws it. And the receiver is going to make the catch, but we talk about his big arm, but this is an underthrown ball. He uh, he had to step on the on his defender earlier in the play, and now he's going to have to slow down and come back to the ball. And he is able to come up and grab the play, so it works out. It's a highlight play, gets him into the end zone or whatever. But if we back up just a hair, you can see it even even clearer here. You'll see 15 come out of the corner here, breaking away. And just there's basically nobody out in front of him at all at this point. If he throws the throws it right now, he's got a wide open guy. If he throws it even a little bit later, he's already in the end zone. But instead, chooses to go over uh, and uh, take the covered guy. Right. So that's a questionable play. It worked out for him. He has a lot of these plays where I think it, it works out fine in college, but at the NFL, I'm just not so sure that that's going to be as popular with coaches about next. So you know, some really good things to see with 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 Wilson for sure. But I think he's going to be a project quarterback. He's going to have to be hidden for his co- first couple of seasons in the league. I think depending on where he where he goes, if he does it with the Jets. So you see the, the coaching staff coming over from San Francisco. So they do have those concepts from Kyle Shanahan. But, you know, I think early on in his, in his career, until he gets those things cleaned up, he's going to be more of uh, kind of in the background and hopefully not the featured part of the offense.
1: There are certainly things, and you showed him there, to like about Wilson and, and the big arm and what you mentioned, the underthrown pass. Uh, it's interesting. That's a game that I watched watched every throw that he, he made. And it was it was a lot of that. Um, uh, the, the best of the best was Zach Wilson and then some head scratching plays. And that's what you're going to have to I think that's what you meant there, Matt. You're going to have to live with, especially early on, if he if he's on the field, uh, he, there is certainly upside when it comes to Wilson, though. Let's move on to the replacement for Easton Stick a couple of years ago. That's Trey Lance. Easton Stick, by the way, is an NFL quarterback. So the NDSU has three of them in the league, uh, which not a lot of colleges can – say anyway lance out of ndsu another one-year starter like you mentioned there ryan uh 6'4 224 has the small hands 16th percentile there so if we had the combine that would have been a thing that everybody would have talked about for a couple of days but of course joe burrow he proved that wrong a year ago with the with the nine inch hands um I'll let one of you guys go first on Trey Lance. I personally have him second in the class, so I'm I'm a little higher than some on him. I'm excited about his blend of athleticism and in-pocket uh, abilities, how he protects the ball. Ryan, what are your thoughts when it comes to Lance and
2: his upside at the next level? I think his upside might be, I don't know, I feel like we say this for... Uh, we could say this for Lawrence, we could say this for Fields, but his upside might be as high as anybody in this class. Um, the floor is, is probably, you know, probably as 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 low as well. There's obvious concerns about the level of competition. We already talked about him only playing one year, but again, just watching him, and I know he's, he's playing against, he's not playing against the Big Ten or the SEC like some of these guys, but just... I mean the way he throws the ball, the the zip on the ball, it feels like it feels like I was watching a a video game or or some type of I don't know some type of animation or something. It did not feel like it was even a real, you know, those games were even real. Um, So it's with Lance, it's obviously going to come down to landing spot, like like it will for most of these guys. We feel like we know where Lawrence and. And Wilson are going, and then it's it's a little bit of of a mystery after that. Um, I, I've heard I've heard a lot of people call Trey Lance a project, and I, I'm not sure I even see that. I think he he might be as ready as as Mac Jones or or as Wilson to to come in on day one and, and start and see some 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 real playing time. So um, I, I hope that's what we get. He has been gaining a little bit of value when we look at our ADP. Uh, He's up to quarterback three in our Super Flex rookie ADP. That's uh, behind, of course, Trevor Lawrence and uh, Justin Fields. And he's in that mid range of a quarterback two. So, quarterback 16, uh, between quarterback 16 and quarterback 20 in, in our startup ADP. I think a year from now, that's going to look like a, a really nice value.
1: Yeah, it really feels like that to me as well. And you mentioned the draft capital and that landing spot being important factors when it co- comes to valuing Lance and his ultimate upside. Uh, I'm a pretty excited about him being a top five pick. I think if any of these quarterbacks belong in that top five, he certainly does as well. Matt, what are your thoughts when it comes to Lance? A smaller school prospect, of course, but big upside.
0: Yeah, he's my quarterback too, Dan. I, th- I mean, he's basically tied with Fields oh, for me. He's nice. in that same tier. Uh, Twenty-eight touchdowns, zero interceptions in twenty nineteen. Sixty-seven percent completion percentage. One hundred and sixty-nine carries for eleven hundred yards and fourteen rushing touchdowns. He also had the highest yards per attempt, and uh, uh, of these top five that we're talking about, uh, you can see him throw. Uh, I think we're done with the videos, but I, I, there is a you can see his show show the, the touch accuracy on a fifty-five yard just bucket throw against Butler, which I think it was a. His First game as a starter, um, and he shows advanced skills like looking off defenders and going through the progression, progression before coming back to the first read in that same in that same game. And it's just like he, he seems like he's ready to go, even though we've only seen one year for him. I know we had the one game uh, in 2020, and he wasn't that impressive in that. And then he opted out for the rest of the season. Uh, but from what we saw, I mean, that, that is just just super impressive. Uh, he shows poise when the br- play breaks down. He just looks comfortable in the pocket, where like Zach Wilson kind of looks like he's rushing everything, uh, especially when. When the, when the blitzers get there you know you see you see Trey Lanchis is standing there you know with the hand in his face making the plays downfield uh, uh, in in western Illinois you, against Western Illinois you see him how he has a one-on-one on the outside and he's able to hold the safety from pursuit just by looking in the middle of the field until just before he throws it Um just he the other the other thing i really like about him is he has a lot of experience under center which is not something that some of the other quarterbacks especially in this top five we're talking about a lot of of shotgun and pistol from those players so he's going to be able to do that in the the nfl already he's already going to have experience doing that and then as a rusher uh he's he's like a running back as as once he has the ball in his hand in the open field he bounces off tackers you see him stiff arm guys there was a play against james madison where uh he took the ball about 50 yard touchdown run and when you when you watch it the play doesn't look super Super impressive because there is a big hole there, but I saw a stat, uh, uh uh, from a guy, I believe at Harris Football, I forget his name, but it was he. He ran. He reached twenty one point five four miles per hour on that on that run. So while while you say, oh, he's not going to be able to do that against NFL defenses because of the holes aren't going to be as big, or whatever you want to say there, he if you compare that particular speed to the NFL, uh, it was the fastest quarterback play of any NFL quarterback in twenty twenty, and the twelfth fastest of any ball carrier in the NFL. So he's got speed for days. He's big. He's strong. Uh, I mean, there's there's not a whole lot to, to not like there except for uh, we have one year of uh, one year of, of production from him. Right. One year that we've actually seen him play. And and in terms of like, comparing him against Zach Wilson, you can also a- kind of almost say that that Trey Lance maybe is a little bit too conservative you know he he does like to see the open receiver uh you can say you can tell that by the zero interceptions he threw right he likes to be safe with the ball but that doesn't mean he's not aggressive downfield like i said he is the the high I, I said the highest yards per attempt of the entire class so uh yeah he's he's a great prospect he's my number two overall I, I, if, if i have the 102 pick i'm probably going to take him over fields depending on where the two land you know if fields does go to san francisco like we think is going to happen and and lance falls down the board a little bit or ends up sitting behind uh a veteran for a, for a season and maybe has less of an opportunity in 2021 than maybe you make an, oppor, uh, an argument for fields over lance but if they go to both go to equal situations it's going to be lance for me
1: it will for me as well and you mentioned fields is getting the getting a lot of the headlines maybe as the next next guy off the board at number three to San Francisco I think Lance fits perfectly oh, I agree with Shanahan I, I feel like he's going to be the pick there and he fits that exactly what Shanahan wants to do to give them the run pass option and and open up that offense like like he'd like not that Fields wouldn't but it really does feel like Uh, people maybe look at, I don't know why, they they look at Lance as an athletic quarterback. They don't look at him as necessarily a playmaking athletic quarterback, a guy that can can make big plays with his legs. It feels like he's he's seen as a can get outside the pocket and gain a few yards with his legs. I think he's going to take the league by storm, honestly. I live up here in, in NDSU country. I, I guess I'm really in South Dakota State University country, their rival. But I see a lot of this ND, NDSU stuff. I remember the first time I watched him play, and I, I mentioned Easton Stick earlier. I wonder why... Trey Lance wasn't starting over Easton stick that year because Easton stick is a good quarterback and he was the older guy, but Lance was on campus and he, he could have, he could have played that year. I can't believe he didn't outplay him because he's, he's so good and he can make all the multiple reads and he, he has all that accuracy on the run. He is the most accurate quarterback on the run in this class. Some people will say that's crazy with Trevor Lawrence there, but I think he's more accurate, especially on intermediate balls and when, when receivers are working their way back to him in coverage. He is incredibly accurate. He feathers throws between linebackers and safeties. Matt, what you mentioned there that, that he hesitates to throw into defense at times he's he's maybe overly protective of the football that isn't isn't necessarily a great thing especially at the NFL level we can't have him uh not throwing to a guys that, guys that have a half a step as he did at NDSU at times so he'll have to get over that you, as long as he does and, and maybe the arm strength is is a little bit of a question compared to when you when you watch him right next to a guy like Fields then you say oh he, he doesn't rip it quite like fields but he's he, he that's a that's a critique or or a, or a s- seen by too many people as as a weakness because uh there are other throws where you watch him just just rip it into the seam and and hit guys on slants and and you say okay there it is he needs to grow into his body just a little bit more it seems like and and maybe use his whole body to make those throws uh when he really has to put a lot of a lot of speed on the football but um dual threat threat athletes that throw the ball as accurately as him are hard to find like trevor lawrence is one of them and, and then the next one is Trey Lance and that's why he's number two for me. I'm taking him at two as well. I might take him at at two even if fields goes at San, to San Francisco as you said there Matt if if Lance has a nice landing spot even uh, it's gonna be hard for me to resist going after Trey what Lance. if he
0: like goes I mean not, not that it's gonna happen but what if he goes to Atlanta and sits behind Ryan like that's that's the only like that kind of scenario I, like...
1: I don't think that couldn't happen that, that's definitely a possibility and something that something that may happen. Uh, that that would be that would be some cold water on the Trey Lance yeah, that's, uh, fire for sure. That's
0: the scenario I'm, I was thinking of when you know, sure, if he's going to go someplace to sit behind. I mean, two it could be two years behind Matt Ryan, right? So that for Dynasty purposes, that that's a little bit we don't want. I'm that I'm
1: always thinking about like who's the move, like the Broncos move up before yeah. that. That would be uh, with those oh, weapons. Oh my gosh, Trey Lance mm-hmm. in Denver would be amazing. He'd be the number two for sure. Uh, For me, I I personally, though, Lance seems like a Shanahan quarterback and a guy that he wants in that offense. I I think he's going to be the pick at number three, which makes Justin Fields a a bargain wherever he ends up, of course. Yeah, Uh, we have one more big quarterback to talk about. We're kind of running out of time, guys. There's one more first rounder, and it is Matt Jones out of Alabama. Ryan, he is uh, he's another guy that kind of came out of nowhere in a little bit because of Tua's injury a year ago. Got a little bit more than a year of starting experience under his belt. Um, a little more athletic than people maybe give him credit for. He mm-hmm. did run a 4.6840, which is in the 78th percentile. Had a nice broad jump that put him in the 76th percentile. And uh, a three cone of 704, that's in the 67th percentile. So he, if you watched him at all, you've seen him pick up a first down here and there and, and scramble outside the pocket and make a throw from time to time. I don't think long-term he seems like that athletic quarterback, but he can move around in the pocket, accurate, as Matt said in the opening. He uh, he's, he's accurate at all three levels, has good pocket awareness, anticipates those throwing windows. But all of that said, he wasn't asked to read defenses all that much in that offense. There were lots of tunnel and bubble screens and they had those elite assets or a, 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 Athletes on the outside at wide receiver, running back, and then in front of him, that offensive line was an NFL caliber offensive line protecting him. So, so there are things that we didn't get to see Mac Jones do that some of these other prospects we for sure saw uh, arm strength's average, probably at best doesn't look comfortable on the second and third read all the time when he expects that first guy to be open on those on those screen passes and things like that. So Mac Jones seems like a, a second-round type quarterback to me, maybe end-of-the-first-round type guy for the fifth-year option or whatever that might be. We're talking about him potentially getting into the top ten, Ryan, and that seems like we've pushed him up too far up this board.
2: Yeah, and, and that's obviously – Kind of starting to fade a little bit. Sure. I mean, Matt Matt mentioned the um, the rumors of Fields to San Francisco, which it's, it it seems like that's kind of uh, starting to take over. And uh, if it's not Jones to San Francisco at three, I do think we could see him. Uh, we could see him fall down the board, and maybe you know, maybe he's not a top ten, not even a top fifteen guy. Uh, but I agree. I mean, you think of maybe who he reminds you of or or what his ceiling in the NFL is and it's Derek Carr or it's Andy Dalton and those those were second round picks. But teams and, and really the league as a whole is has just become so quarterback hungry that uh, he'll he'll be a first rounder for sure. Um the numbers were obviously Super impressive last year in, in that one year as a starter. You mentioned them, uh, a lot of them already, 84.2 adjusted completion percentage. That was first in the country. Um, his PFF grade was 95.8. That was the the highest among these five quarterbacks that we've talked about. But you do, you kind of have to figure out the balance of how much of that can we attribute to. The best offense, the best offensive playmakers in the country. Uh, once Devontae Smith and, and Jalen Waddell become first round picks in a couple weeks, uh, Alabama will be the first team ever to produce four first round wide receivers that that were all teammates. Uh, you know, and I think maybe last year we we started doubting uh, Tua valoa a little bit, kind of looking at that same thing, thinking. Okay, maybe he, maybe it was more of Alabama, not just Tua, really doing this, and and now we're kind of ahead of the game, doing the same thing with Mac Jones. So obviously, I, I think the ceiling is lower than anybody else we've talked about. Uh, probably a safe floor, but um, you know, he is what he is. I think he's a late first rounder in in super flex rookie drafts.
1: Yeah, and he he's going off the board in the third round of single quarterback leagues, middle of the third round. is his adp matt when you watch mac jones what really jumps off to you
0: you know it's there's nothing necessarily bad about mac jones but and he is accurate like we said his ball placement is great uh um i think he'd fit really good in a west coast offense that kind of thing the problem for him is that there's nothing that he does that any of the four quarterbacks we have above him uh can't do also you know what I mean maybe Wilson in terms of his decision making and things like that but what's the difference between Justin Fields accuracy and and Mac Jones accuracy I would say not that big a deal and you get all those extras with with Justin Fields so you know I, I still think he has a chance to you know Ryan said maybe not a top 15 I bet if he drops to 15 where the Patriots are taking I, I bet I bet they could take a shot on him there so but he, he could fall you know Detroit's probably not taking him Carolina is probably either going to move up or, or not take one uh, since they got Sam Darnold in tow. Denver is probably going to make a move stronger than Mac Jones, I would assume. Dallas is not taking him. The Giants are probably not taking him. The Eagles are probably not taking him. Um, So, you know, he could fall to to 15. And New England could sit exactly where they are and still end up with a a quarterback that is, you know, if if you squint, you can see uh, maybe not the same arm strength as a guy like Matt Ryan or Kirk Cousins, but that kind of like echelon of quarterback. And and then if we look at dynasty rankings, you know, after you get outside, outside the top 12 or so, you start seeing, you know, where he could fit in this range. You know, we have Stafford and Bay. And Tannehill and Daniel Jones, and then uh, Cousins and Ryan. Then you get to Wentz and Goff and Carr. So you could see him settling in like the mid quarterback two, uh, if he lands in a good spot and you know has a decent first season in the NFL. Um, so uh, you know, not su- it wouldn't be super excited to take him in my dynasty draft, but you know, but the end of the first round, early second round to get a quarterback who's. You know, potentially going to be a starter in his first season. Uh, you know, that's that's pretty attractive, even comparing him against the other prospects that are available in that range.
1: Yeah, there are too many really good running backs and receivers for me to take him at the end of the first round in a super flex league. I'd rather push push the button on one of them guys than than Mac, Mac Jones, who it feels like has a ceiling that's capped that it way way. Way lower yeah. than than some of those wide receivers that that are going to be on the board right there. You you can get a dynamic playmaker in those spots. So so I'll be passing on Jones there. I know a lot of in the dynasty community, a lot of us are, are saying, yeah, that's a that's a nice value to get a fifth guy in the first round. I think he belongs closer to the. Maybe the mid-second, high to mid-second round in those super flex drafts. Guys, there are a few other worthy names to talk about here at the quarterback position. There's Kyle Trask out of Florida and Kellen Mond at Texas A&M. Also Davis Mills at Stanford. These guys are going in, in our most recent ADP. Yeah, they're third and fourth round picks. These guys are expected to be second and third and fourth round picks in the NFL draft. So, Matt, if there's somebody in this group, or or maybe the Sam Ellinger, Jamie Newman, Ian Book, Felipe Franks group, group, is there somebody else worth mentioning here, if you're on the clock late in the draft, super flex league, and you want to add a quarterback that you can develop in a deep league, who's that guy for you?
0: I, I actually even haven't watched that the last set of four you watch. I've barely watched these, these next three. But from what I've seen, so I, please take my opinion with a grain of salt. Uh, but Kellen Mond would be the guy just because he has some rushing ability. He does seem to kind of thrive in, in, in chaos a little bit. You know, makes a lot of good plays on the, on the run when he has to scramble out of the pocket. Um, so that would be the guy for me just because of that rushing ability and how we value that in fantasy these days.
1: Ryan, what do you think?
2: One thing I like to look at, is, and and I know this is out there a lot, is Bill Bill Parcells' criteria for drafting a quarterback. So he had uh, he had seven points that he looked at. Uh, you had to be a three year starter, be a senior in college, graduate from college, start thirty college games, win at least twenty three college games, have a two to one touchdown to interception ratio, and have at least a sixty percent uh, completion percentage. So I think just the way the college game and, and really the NFL game has changed, uh, some some a lot of these players, uh, the top players that we've talked about today, don't have a lot of those things as far as uh, they're not graduating, they don't wait until their senior year. But I think we can use that criteria to find some sleepers. Uh, for example, Dak Prescott was seven for seven on, on those. Uh, so looking further down the list at some of the names you mentioned, um, Kellen Mond, six out of seven. Uh, the only one he missed was the completion percentage, uh, Ian book was way and Sam,
1: better as a senior, substantially better. Like I, I think close to 70% right. as a senior. Uh,
2: and then Ian book and Sam Ellinger in, in general, I would not say those are our players I would be chasing. I, I'm, I'm not sure they even get drafted honestly in, in the NFL draft. Uh, but they, they were both seven for seven on, on those criteria. Yeah, guys that, you know, it's, it's a shame. As
1: dynasty managers, we overlook those names. Because, But Sam Ellinger had a great career at Texas. He was he was incredible and did so much for that program. Same thing for Ian Book. He was fun to watch at Notre Dame. In fact, I tuned into a game just because of Book. Because uh, he's a fun quarterback. He has the moxie and all that stuff. He's probably going to be overlooked by dynasty managers. If there's a guy for me... It's probably still Kyle Trask, and I know that's probably not in in vogue right now. Not the not the thing to say. There's a lot of negatives when it comes to Trask in his game, but he's got all the size and the arm strength. He is he is the prototypical size arm strength type of quarterback. Stands in the pocket, looks like an NFL quarterback. Uh, really really good accuracy outside the pocket, although he doesn't get out there all that much. Throws an excellent deep ball, um, but he, he struggles against the blitz and. And uh, he he gets baited into interceptions and pass breakups, which isn't a good thing. Doesn't translate well to the NFL. If he can clean some of that stuff up, because he's super slow, has no athleticism, has a little bit of uh, awareness in the pocket to get out of pressure, uh, if he really needs to become better at reading defenses, and he might be able to be a uh, end of the end of the range bottom bottom third of the league-type starting quarterback down the road. You guys mentioned Mond. He's probably the, the best of that group for sure. He was the senior, and... Uh, has a silky smooth release. Looks looks really good throwing the football. I, I like Kellen Mond if I'm going to pick one of them. Davis Mills is another guy that's going to be drafted. A uh, dual threat guy that, that came into college as the number one prospect in college football, according to some. Um, he checks down too, too early at times, rarely throws receivers open, and doesn't have a lot of touch on his deep ball. But he, he lets plays develop from the pocket before getting outside the pocket that's a positive thing with these dual threat guys um and he has pretty good arm strength um four five nine forty um 40 yard dash as well or excuse me four seven eight 40 yard dash so not just a statue in the pocket so some guys to look for certainly some elite talent guys in this class looking ahead to next season we might not get this for a little little while uh talking about five quarterbacks in the first round so we should enjoy it while we can ryan
2: yeah, next year, not looking so good uh, <laughs> at, at quarterback and, and maybe some of the other positions as well. Uh, yeah, if you have to move those 2022 picks to move up and grab your guy in rookie drafts this year, go for it. Exactly what I
1: was thinking. Matt, overall, the class, it's it's fun to watch. There's going to be some stars out of this class, but some there's the potential for a bust in every class. If you had to pick one of them guys, the guy that just isn't going to do what everybody <laughs> expects him to do, who would that be, guy be? For you know
0: you? who it is.
2: Well, you it's Zach it,
0: Wilson. Right? I mean, like he, he could absolutely hit. I can absolutely see a scenario where he has a great NFL career. Uh, but I just think he, you know, like Ryan said, they throw the word "project" around with Trey Lance. Like I personally think Zach Wilson is more of a project than Trey Lance. So uh, like, me too. Um, yeah. So he he would be my answer for that.
1: My takeaway from this class is Trey Lance is going to be a star. He's so good. People are overlooking him. He is going to be so good. I can't wait to see him on an NFL field. We got to talk about the quarterbacks this week. Of course, we did the running backs last week, the wide receivers the week before. So if you missed those prospect primers, go back and check those out. Next week, guys, we'll be just a couple of days away from the NFL draft. So let's do the tight ends. Then let's do our last pre-NFL draft mock draft we'll uh we'll mix in some super flex action on this maybe some tight end premium try to try to really hit all bases before we get to the nfl draft and then after the draft we got to cover all these guys their landing spots and do more of those mocks that we love to do so for ryan and matt i'm dan thanks for listening to this episode of the dlf dynasty podcast we'll catch you